you. Good morning, heart and soul. Y'all know that we are continuing on our adventure in faith. Um, I don't know. Some of y'all may be tired of me reminding you that that's the case. I can't help myself because what really is happening here on Sundays or in classes or wherever it is, y'all know I'm really reminding me. And so it answers the question. You know, sometimes we, we find ourselves in situations and circumstances where it seems that all the only question on our lips is, why me, Lord? Why me? And then, well, not the only question. It's kind of two or three kind of lumped in there together. Why me? What did I do? What did I do wrong? And I want to say to me, to all of us today, to eliminate the question and just know that I'm on an adventure in faith. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it could be even, even when you look at the visual, the image that we have selected for our adventure in faith slide that you see up uh, before you now, you can see that it's a windy road. You can see that it's not a stroll in the park. You, you would begin to know. It's like getting on a roller coaster or, a, a, yeah, getting on a roller coaster, especially the ones that, um, you know the ones, every theme park that has one, it's a special thing. It's the one with the long line. You got to be so tall. You have to, you know, they got some rules, some waiver language around that one. And I just want to say that life has come with a bit of a waiver. It's going to be an adventure. Hang on. Hang loose. Approach it however you can. But just know it is, there's never been a generation. There's never been anybody who got here and got out of here without being on an adventure. Without, they may not call it that, but the bottom line is the experience is it's not going to always be to your liking. Didn't anybody tell you that yet? That your life is not going to be made up of, of pearls that you string together just because they's wonderful. It instead is intentionally, it intentionally includes the challenges so that you get to build your spiritual muscle and you get to develop some emotional intelligence. Please, surrender so that we can live together in harmony. It can't just be your favorite flavor. It includes all of life, all the flavors, all of the experiences, and you know what? I'm, I'm just going to come with this. A powerful practice is to say thank you. To just even while you're, what, in the middle of it? <laughs> even while you're in the middle of the struggle, in the middle of the challenge, in the middle of wondering if you're going to live to tell this, give thanks. And if you can, if you're like, well, Rev, about what? Because you got here. Because you're at a point where this could happen. Because you, you know you've all had enough life experience that any, several of those experiences, you might not have lived to tell it. It might have been a health challenge. It might have been a relationship challenge. It might have, it might, it might have Whatever it is in life, maybe in that moment, all you can be grateful for is that you're in that moment. Ah! And in your right not mind, enough to know that you're in the moment. Now, if you don't know you in the moment, there's nothing that you can do. This talk is not for you. But if you have enough awareness to realize that you are in a challenging situation, then give thanks that you know that you're in a challenging situation. Find your blessing wherever you can. There's power in landing in a blessing. You know what I mean? Land there and then stick it. Land in, in whatever it is and then stick your landing that this is a blessing somehow. 
I'll get back to you on what the blessing is very specifically. Stay tuned. I don't know what the blessing is, but I know there's a blessing in here. How do I know? Sankofa. Because I see the trail of my life, the pattern of my life and my ancestors' lives, and I realize that if I hang out long enough in the awareness of a blessing, I am able to identify the blessing. Come on, y'all. Look, because our personal, it's what I call my personal universe. So I live in the spiritual universe, but within that spiritual universe, there's my personal universe. And there's often, you know, it's an interesting place. Y'all don't, don't put it on your little vacation <laughs> itinerary. It's an interesting place. Sometimes it's quite chaotic. It's not like yours. I know yours is peaceful. And there's joy in every corner of it. Mine's a little more interesting. You know, some do, some don't. It's, it's a variety. It's got pretty much everything going on in there. It just depends on which day. And because it's all formed by our beliefs, our personal universe is all formed by our belief, it behooves us to what? Just like Philippians 2 and 5 says, it behooves us to have this mind in you that was in the Christ consciousness. It says Christ Jesus. And what it means is the man who had owned, taken responsibility for, walked in the consciousness of Christ, the illumined consciousness, the one that knew that this situation right here, it ain't the whole story. Don't get hung up on this because this is just part and parcel of the direction, of the guidance, of the opportunity for the fullness of living. And you see, when I say this to you, I think I said last week or the week before, maybe I'm going to say it next week, that this is so important for us to get, this Philippians 2 and 5, because I don't want us just skipping past it. You know what I mean? Just like memorizing it and, you know, yeah, I know Philippians 2 and 5, but I need you to be living it. You see what I'm saying? I need you to apply it. This notion of the Christ consciousness being the mind that I use. So I'm not clear that any of us are going to master this so that we can say 24-7-365, but let's get busy doing as much as we can, as often, as frequently as we can, defaulting to that, building the pattern, building the habit of thinking from that way, not just looking at the thing and calling it from a place of judgment, but looking through it and seeing the divine in it identifying the blessing before the blessing hits you upside the head, identifying it before it has fully formed, knowing it's there and calling it forth simply because you're willing to use the power of your word, because you're willing to see it. You're not just stringing words together. You are literally identifying the good, even if you're the only one in the group who sees it. If everybody else says this is horrendous, your work is cut out for you because your work using the Christ mind is to see that there's something else in there. There always is. There always is. Our lives, it's usually that it takes decades for us to get to a point where we can look back and say, oh, Lord, I'm glad I went through that. I almost didn't make it through. But getting through it gave me everything that I need right now to know this. But maybe we can speed up the process and everything doesn't have to take a decade or two. Maybe we can know it more instantaneously or within a week. You know, a few days, 10 days, two weeks, a month, maybe whatever it takes. But we just in, set an intention to get better and better at recognizing it sooner and sooner. More than any person 
in recorded history, we have Yeshua, the master teacher that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, as one who embodied an exalted idea of the Christ. You know, not just as a word, not just as an identity, but as an awareness. Consistently, he fully recognized his divine nature. And it wasn't a lot of work for him. It wasn't like you could see him struggling to the side or needing help to get there. Largely, it was the default mode that this master teacher, and I often refer to him as the master teacher because I'm willing to learn. Because I'm willing to learn, and my prayer is that we all will take a similar approach to it. Ernest Holmes says that the potential for a fuller experience and expression of the divine resides within each and every one of us. This is good news because there's some folks who teach that it doesn't. There are a number of teachings that absolutely contradict this. But I'm all in. I'm all in with an idea that the fuller expression and experience of the divine resides in me. It resides in all of us. But here's the, here's the catch. It awaits the renewing of our mind. Isn't this what we just talked about? Renewing our mind so that we are thinking like, we are sensing like, we are knowing like, and within the Christ consciousness, from the con Christ consciousness. <clears throat> it awaits a renewing of our mind and a new realization within our own consciousness that we too may truly know that we are a part, an aspect of source, of divine source. I often play with what word will I use in place of God? And let me tell you why I do that. It's mainly because I know that for f some folks, depending upon their training, there's, there are few folks who were raised in this philosophy. Few folks. A of all of the folks who practice it, there are a few. There will be more and more because it's been around for a good while now, and now we'll have generations. You understand what I'm saying? But for, for folks my age, it's unusual to have folks who were raised in it. Um, or to know other folks who were literally raised in it. We typically know folks from other um, thought practices. And many come to this teaching with a bit of a God wound. With a bit of a God wound. And so I, let, let me put a pause there, that's present. I know that many people who come and are listening now or may tune in at some point, they are dealing with and working to heal what I call a God wound. It's not really a God wound. It's that they feel wounded by the way that God was expressed for them, taught to them, delivered to them, told what they heard was hurtful and painful about how God saw them. This is very different, so I'm going to put a little pause there. What I also know is that when we start talking about original languages that was spoken by the people that are engaged here, there is no G-O-D. Those three letters connected are not a part of ancient language. It just is not. That's much more dramatic in its... Um, expression. Um, so I'm working with two things. One, I don't want to re-wound 
by just what I call a thing. Because the only point for me being here on mic is that I want to inspire. I want to share some ideas that can be received and engaged. And if I'm using language that somehow reharms, rewounds, makes it difficult, then I'm challenged. So while I use God some of the time, I'm often replacing it with source, with the living one, the strong one, I'm uh, any number of other words with the intention that somebody who might not hear as clearly, as readily, could embrace this language. I hope that makes sense because I move in and out of it. So Ernest Holmes writes God. Even if it's written God, I'm inclined to often say something else, put another word in its place. And I just want you to understand that I know it says God. I'm simply saying source, that we are a part of divine source, of the all in all. I'm wanting to paint a picture so that you can see yourself in it like I am continuing to grow and see myself in it as well. Ernest Holmes says we are to celebrate not just the birth of the master teacher, but the birth within us, that's most important. It's not just the birth, it's the birth within us of the greater awareness that we too are the beneficiaries of divine givingness, the divine givingness, and that we're called to open up our thought to a greater acknowledgement and acceptance of the divinity that resides within us. So look, it puts us in touch with the purpose for which we were created to express what? The nature of the divine. I am, I'm going to ask you to stay with me to the very end because the prayer that I am going to use is from uh, Ernest Holmes' seminal work, The Science of Mind. And I have adapted it just slightly, but what I'm believing can happen is that this is a piece. Use the recording even later. Fall into it when I do the prayer, meaning just release and allow it to just roll over you into your consciousness, but then play it later with, with headphones so that you can really take it in. I'm going to be doing it in first person so it can really work for us as a, as a using the methodology of auto-suggestion. Powerful and allow it to happen. So look at here. Uh, the title of that piece is I Allow Myself to Dip deeply into my divine nature. You will note that I've taken out dip because we get ready to divide, to dip. Dive, dive deeply into my divine nature. So taking from the science of mind, we'll get to that later. Here we go. We must teach ourselves to trust. This notion of recognizing and living in our divine nature requires that we trust. Trust in the Lord, also known as law, if you think about it that way. Trust in the law with all thy heart and soul and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge source, and source will direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord, the law, lean not on the past, on your past programming and past beliefs. In fact, I'm going to ask you to Repeat these affirmations. I trust source. I trust the living one. I trust divine love. I got to say to y'all, just trust. Just trust. Begin to practice trusting. You know, we spent the summer our summer school theme, text, focus was on trusting, helping us to build our trust muscle so that we could move through this. Why? Because our experiences, pardon me, are fashioned according to the pattern of our thinking. We are surrounded by creative intelligence. We know this. This is what Ernest Holmes says, which receives the impress of our thought and acts upon it. 
always tending to bring into our experience those things which are both conscious and subjective, meaning that it is individualized in you. We do not put the power in our thought, but rather we use the power which by nature resides in our mind. This is why we got to renew our minds. Because that old way of thinking cannot hold it. Y'all have heard it said that you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. You cannot put a new way of being, a new understanding in your old mind. That's what that is trying to say in so many ways. It's teaching us that I know you're like, okay, I got that. Yeah, just give me that. Yeah, I got, no, you can't even hold it. Your hand is already full of the lie. You can't even fit that in without letting go first. Our thought is a channel, a pathway for divine action in our lives lives. <laughs> you know, when I talk about letting it go, you can let it go because why God's got it. <laughs> That's why you can let it go. You can let it go because there's an absolute knowing, an absolute awareness that right where you are right now, the whole perfect and complete nature of God already is. This is not you waiting for God to come. God's got you. God's got you. So look, Brannis McKenzie wrote a song about it. Here it go.
Got it. And thank you, Tammy Hall. Thank you. Ooh, heart and soul is so good. I tell you, just juicy good, if I say so myself. That part of the lyric that says, I don't need to worry or fret what the outcome will be. Why? Because she answers the question, by the way. Why don't I need to worry or fret? Because I know it's already done unto me as I believe. And I believe God's got it. You, you see how that works? It's done unto me as I believe. So I don't have to worry or fret. Why? Because I know God's got it. And I'm going to work with that. I'm going to go with that notion, with that awareness, is how I will live henceforth. Oh, I tell you. I am still working out my own illumination around Luke 6. When we were together last week, I, I told you, you know, working with, well, first of all, well, working with verse 47, this notion that we are called, the master teacher here is saying that Every person who hears my words and believes them and applies them, for that one, it can be different. And I'm just going to say, not, I'm not on that level, but it's similar with every teaching. You can just be present and say, I was there. And somebody can say, well, what'd she say? And you'll be like, well, Brenna sang. And Tammy played, and you, you needed to have been there. But you may have no idea about the message. You won't remember any emphasis on trust, in knowing and letting go, this notion that always I weave through, that it is done unto us as we believe. Because if we don't get that part, we're going to be challenged with, I think, at least this is my, my thesis, is that for the ones who get that life unfolds according to our belief, not according to what other people say about you, what the people at work did to you, that that only impacts or controls your life to the extent that you decide to let it that you decide it can. But if you realize, even as you are setting up all of that, and I understand how easy it is to build a wall made from bricks made out of what people said about you. Or you thought, sometimes they didn't say that about you, but you thought they did. That look they gave you, that's it. And you just put that brick in. Add the mortar to it, which is your fear. And your self-doubt and self-loathing is the mortar. So you put that wall together. And then you, you're like, well, I didn't believe that, Rev. It's what people did. This is really what happened in my life. And usually a teacher does not have time to chip every brick out and show you. So I need you to trust the process to just know that every time we 
in the workplace, in intimate relationship, in family of origin, on the bus, on the way. It doesn't matter the situation or circumstance. It has everything to do with what do we believe. I told you the story of, of <laughs> me being with my siblings, and I heard my father say, you need to hold on to the railing because you know you're clumsy. Now, he never said a name, and there are five of us. But I decided that it was me. Now, that bothered me for decades because I would always think, oh, you're clumsy. And then one day I thought, you're the dancer. <laughs> Ballet, tap, just, you know. You have never been clumsy. You are most, you, fill in the blank, most adept, just all kind of poise. And it occurred to me, fool, he wasn't even talking to you. He was not talking to you. But how often do we, I use that in my life. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, and I thought they're not even talking to you. Even if they think they are. You need to get it straight here. See, that's what my, my daddy thing taught me. I didn't figure that out until I think, well, no, I think he was still alive. But it took me decades to work that out. But now I'm just like, they, don't, they think they talk. They're looking at you and they think, even if they said my name. They're not really talking to me. They're not talking to the core of me. They're talking to who they think I am. And I can tell they're talking to who they think I am by what they're saying. They're clearly not talking to me. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to tell you something. They're not talking to I am. They're talking to her. And I'm the I am. You understand? I'm the I am of me. And so even if they're looking at you and they're calling you by your right name, you, your government name, then it still does not, do not misbelieve that they are talking to you. They're not talking to the I am. They're talking to him. They're talking to her. They're talking to them. They're not talking to the I am. And that's the distinction that we must make. Because look, this is what the master teacher lays out in that scripture. He lays out the example that if you have listened, if you really get this, then you are building, you are laying, you are developing your consciousness. You're developing it on solid rock. That's why, that's, ooh, that's in part why I love. I go to the rock. I go to the rock. When all else is sinking sand. So the idea that the master teacher is delivering is how important it is for us to, to develop our consciousness on the solid truth. To not even believe what they're saying. Because what? To the extent that you believe what they said to you as a child on the play yard. Or what you heard somebody shout out about you playing the dozens and such. You know what I'm saying. People, people are people They just say and do what they comes to mind. Most often they are in their own pain. That's why we, we often say hurt people hurt people. And maybe that'll just be the thing that you say to you. Oh, hurt people hurt people. You just be like, bless their heart. I mean, not in, in, in any, you say it from a place of, of truth, a place of authentic empathy. Bless your heart. And know that it's, it doesn't have anything to do with you. That's just what they know to do. They're saying what they know to say, what somebody said to them, what they heard said, what they think is cute. I don't know what they're doing. But you got to know what you're doing. You can't spend your day trying to figure out what they're doing because you got you to figure out. You got you to work on. Yes, you are building, laying your consciousness in truth. You do not have time. I don't have time to go over there and see about them. I am, and not in a selfish way. It's that there's a higher priority. 
because you're not really equipped to help them yet. You can tell by the first thoughts you had about them. You're not there yet. When you're there, you'll know because you'll be in a neutral place. You won't see what they're trying to do to you. You see, if that's what comes, you can't go help them. You got to work on you. There's some, you got to work all that out until you get to the point where you don't hear it that way. Then you'll know you can go over there and rub their back. Then you can go over there and, and offer something. But until you're in that place of ease and grace and divine acceptance, I'm going to need you to work on you. I'm just saying. Just first things first. So he lays out in this scripture, in Luke 6, verses 48 and 49, he lays out the distinction between the one who hears and listens and applies, believes and applies it, is the one who then goes, oh, I'm going to have to do this different. I'm going to have to build, lay my consciousness on the rock, on what's solid, on what's truthful, is which is that it's all God. And it's all good, even if it's not looking like it. I told you last week, you're going to have to develop that inner eye that recognizes, I, I see God in there. I see you acting like gossip. I see you going for the jugular. Yeah, I know, I know who you are. I know that's God. Just, okay, see, you're not fooling me. So I'm still going to bless it. I know this is a little pop quiz for me. Because I've been working on my God skills. Been working on my God skills, and I see you. This is an opportunity for me to see the God in this. Day for yesterday, I wouldn't have seen it. But today, I see you. I see you, God, over there with your face twisted up, trying to act like you're not God. I see you. I see you. I'm not going to be fooled. But if you're not what the master teacher is saying, but if you, if you haven't done that work, if you're not committed to that, then you're just going to build your consciousness on the sinking sand uh, without a foundation of truth. So that when any, when, when it says when the storm comes along, and, you know, I'm not the weather person, but I'm going to tell you there's a storm coming. Because that's how life is. There's never been a time when there wasn't a storm. The internal storm. There's going to be something to rock your world. So you want to build your world on solid ground because you know it's coming. But if you don't believe me, then you'll be like, no, this little setup over here is just fine. And then we'll see you in fetal position later. I hope this is clear, y'all. Because I'm just trying to lay some tracks so that we, I'm often bringing you ideas to integrate, to apply to your lives. But sometimes I wonder, and sometimes people say to me, I heard you, but how are we supposed to do that? You know, I wasn't raised by people who knew that. I didn't, attend, I didn't take any class where that was laid out. So more and more, I'm wanting to see, isn't there a way that I can share on Sundays more specificity around how we might approach it, yeah? Okay, so I'm just doing my best here. Ernest Holmes says the power that we use, that we make the, the power, the power, the divine power is a power that we can use to impoverish ourselves as well as to enrich ourselves. It's the same power, is what he's saying. It just, it's up to you whether you use it to feel defeated or to feel empowered. Entirely up to you how you work in the law. Yes? He says, if not, this would be a universe of duality. But instead, it's one thing. It's good. You don't have to use it for good, though. You can use it for whatever, pick something. And you, when you believe in that, you can have that be so. Let's not confuse belief with what you tell people, though. Because if you, if you think that what you've been telling people is what you believe, then this won't make sense to you. 
But if you get still and you realize you believe in conflict, you believe in get it, giving as good as you got. They say something to you, oh, you coming back with that. It may not be right now, but, oh, I'm going to get to that. If that's what you believe in, that's going to be, that is exactly how you are using the law to form your life experience. Oh, I hope this is making sense. I'm trying to give examples that that tend to work with this. So I just wrote my little questions here. So what, what is and how is divine source? I ask that because your answer to that forms what you believe. It informs what you believe. Your answer to that, what is divine source? How does divine source operate? That's how your life, it's in there someplace. See, it's not an answer that, you know, I'm going to pause for a while and I'm going to tell you the answer. I only have my answer. But each of you have the answer. Each of you, wherever you are in the world right now, you have the answer to that question, and that answer to that question informs how you, how you see God and your relationship with the divine. And because you are that, you see, it's either all God or it isn't. And if it's all God, that includes you. So how you see God what you think God is and how it operates is about you as well. Oh, so many things. My other note here, what we can discern, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, whatever your answer is right now, expect it to evolve. If it doesn't evolve, you're not doing the work. If you're doing the work, God will expand in your awareness you'll see God in more situations, circumstances, life. If, you're, if it's not filling up your life, you're not doing the work that the master teacher is talking about, hearing what I say and then applying it in your life, yes? Because whatever we can discern right now about God is never all there is. It is. And broke my ring. It's never all there is. We tend to, our tendency is to squeeze God into our limits. You know, God, but we like, mm, I got to get you into Friday night. You, you know what I mean? The, the people at the job, I got to get you in with just my mother-in-law. You know what I mean? I'm just squeezing you into Squeezing the divine, the all in all, into specific situations, circumstances. My limit, when I say the world, if I were to say, and this is not anything that I would tend to say, but let me just say it because I hear it said in the world, that the world is a hard, difficult, awful place. Now, I don't happen to believe that. But for the one who does, they are squeezing the all-in-all infinite possibility into a belief that the world is an awful, horrible place. Okay. All right. Look, I'm going to get up out of here. Let me just see. I, I have to touch on where we were last week. Because, you know, my little mastermind is just, it's wearing me out with this idea of of the divine forever revealing itself to each of us. (laughs) But this question about whether it is ever appearing to each of us, it's revealing itself to each of us. But is it ever, are we ever getting it? Remember I told you last week that I had to put in never because my first read of it was, no, that word couldn't be ever. It must be never. And then as I kept sitting with it and letting it work with me, 
I got that it's ever. Why the God, the all in all, who is already within each and every one of us, as harmonious and perfect, has ever appeared as the God we believe in. Because that's the one that fuels our life. The God we believe in. It's not even a we believe in. The God I believe in, the God each of us as individuals, because it's not a collective belief thing. It's the one that that one believes in. That's the way it's going to show up. I feel like we need to spend the rest of the year just with that, just getting that how I see it is the way it shows up for me. But my problem is that because my ocular system is outward facing, I see how it's showing up for you. And then I'm compelled to share with you about that. So I miss entirely how it's showing up for me. I miss entirely the God in my life because I'm looking at it elsewhere and offering commentary. Being totally, you understand, totally distracted from what is mine to be and do. Oh, I love this. We're going we're gonna to get back to it. But look, look, here's the, here's It can be, I'm going to say, as simple as acknowledging divine presence. (laughs) As simple. Ha, simple but not easy. (laughs) As simple as acknowledging divine presence. Everywhere, always present where something within us knows to say, I'm not on the good foot, but walk with me. I'm not on the good foot. I don't know where I'm going because I'm clearly off course, but walk with me, Lord. I don't know how to go, but walk with me. Hold my hand. Guide me wherever I am to go. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Brannis McKenzie, Tammy Hall.
walk with me yes. walk with me Lord walk with me yeah. while I'm on this tedious journey yeah, yeah. walk 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 with me oh yeah oh yeah come on walk yourselves. I often say, you know, assume the position. Many of you are at home or wherever you're choosing to view it. So sit in the way, stand in the way that you are the most receptive. Because this is our call to walk with me, to hold my hand, to guide me, to open my heart to illumine my mind. Again, this is from Ernest Holmes. I allow myself to deep, to dip deeply into my divine nature. With a little tweaks, I allow myself to dive deeply into my divine nature. And so just be willing to hear my voice as your own invoking the power and principle of auto-suggestion. Where I know and I know that I know that there's one life and that that life is good and very good, that that life is the all and all, that that life is the life of the living one, the strong one, that life is living me even as I am living the life of the living one, the strong one. I am breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one. And the living one, the strong one, is breathing me even now. And so in this, in this awareness of the divine permeating my beingness, I know that I have within myself a deeper nature, and this deeper nature is in eternal unity with God, the living spirit. I let go everything and turn to that divine depth within my own nature, wherein the spirit of God, the spirit of love, and the spirit of peace dwell within me as calm serenity. I withdraw into that place within me which has never been hurt nor ever been sick has always and forever lived in divine and eternal peace. The kingdom of God which is good 
And this inner kingdom within is all peace, all power, and all perfection. I drop all hate, all fear, all animosity, all resentment. I cast out my conscious, I cast out of my consciousness every doubt and every sense of uncertainty. I'm going to say that again. I cast out of my consciousness every doubt and every sense of uncertainty. I know that I am entering into that atmosphere of wholeness, of happiness and completion where there is no fear, no doubt, no uncertainty, no lack, no want. Here, right here is wholeness, perfection, peace, power, beauty, love, supply and life, eternal life. I know that the abundance of this life is showered upon me, that I am guided and guarded into right action, into right decision, daily, hourly, and by the minute. The principle of intelligence directs me. Walk with me, Lord. The presence of love warms me. Hold my hand, Lord. The peace of God covers me. Guide me, Lord. And I am led into the pathway of this peace, into the knowledge of this perfection. Oh, yes, I am conscious of the indwelling source. And I am conscious that the indwelling source is filling, instantly renewing my body absolutely eliminating from me whatever there is that does not belong. Coordinating every function, every organ, every action and reaction, the circulation, the assimilation, the elimination, making it perfect. The life principle of every part of my being is perfect, and harmonious and now functions perfectly in me. The whole order of discord is changed into its natural order, transmuted into the natural order of harmony and wholeness. And I let that divine power be exactly what it is in me. I am no longer afraid, for love cast out fear. My faith destroys all fear. I awake from the dream of lack and want and unhappiness to the knowledge and acceptance of harmony of abundance and peace. I deeply trust the divine plan. I allow myself to dive deeply into my divine nature. I am in gratitude and ease every day. And for this, I am eternally grateful. I simply release this word into the perfect activity of law, which I know is love, surrounding and enfolding each and every one of us, active, active in the perfect realization of these words of this truth. I simply let it be knowing that it's done well in the divine. Ashe. Amen. And so it is.